0: Morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad that you are here to join with me today for a nice hot cup of goodness and to uh, enjoy some time together. It's dark outside here on the morning of December third, twenty twenty. We're in the final countdown of the of the year, and so. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some profound words to say, but they're not here with me this morning. So, oh, I don't know. Cold weather, cold weather. I'm going to have to get the long johns out and uh, utilize them. We got deer season again uh, for this weekend, so I better make sure I've got plenty of warm stuff because I think it's supposed to be a good bit colder. Hopefully not wet and rainy like the last uh, dear season. But hey, it goes with it. It goes with it. we will tell you what, let's jump into our devotional today, Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. And if you're following along at home, we are on February 15th, and the uh, uh, it's written from the first person perspective as if Jesus was talking. Come to me with all your weaknesses, physical, emotional, spiritual, rest in the comfort of my presence, remembering that nothing is impossible for me. Pry your mind away from your problems so you can focus your attention on me. Recall that I am able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine. Instead of trying to direct me to do this and that, seek to attune yourself to what I am already doing. When anxiety attempts to wedge its way into your thoughts, remind yourself that I am your shepherd. The bottom line is that I am taking care of you. Therefore, you needn't be afraid of anything. Rather than trying to maintain control over your life, abandon abandon yourself to my will. Though this may feel frightening, even dangerous, the safest place to be is in my will. I like this. You know, one of the things that you see over and over again is the theme that starts this. You never see where where Jesus says, come to me with your strength because I need your strength. No, come to me with your weaknesses. You know, he didn't pick the the political leaders of the day to be his disciples, to be the 12. He picked a ragtag bunch that was made up of a political zealot a bunch of fishermen, a tax collector, odds and ends, odds and ends. That's who he chose. He chose people with weaknesses, with limitations. God does that over and over again. You look at Gideon back in the Old Testament, you know, in in the book of Judges. He described himself when God was saying, Gideon, I'm going to have you deliver the nation of Israel away from its enemies. He said, but God, who am I? I am the least of my household, and my household is the least of my tribe, and my tribe is the least of all the tribes of Israel. Basically saying, you don't get farther down on the ladder than me. And God was like, and your point is, I'm choosing you. That's what I'm doing. I'm not worried about what you think about it. You're the person I'm choosing. And then he had him get a whole, you know, muster the men to fight. And, and God said, there's too many. So if I'm remembering this right, if if anybody who doesn't want to fight and wants to go home, let them go, and a huge number left, but it was still too many. Eventually, God weeded them down to, I believe, just 200 fighting men, and he didn't even let them fight. They stood on a ridge with torches in clay pots with the enemies down in the in the valley now who takes who takes just 200 men armed with torches and clay pots to defeat armies well god does because he wasn't choosing them to fight he was choosing them to be his witnesses to his glory and when he had them break the pots and they saw all those torches the enemy panicked And they started fighting each other and destroyed themselves. You see, God had a plan. And he had a place for the smallest army led by the weakest leader. Who was the least of his family, of the least of his tribe, of the least of the nation of Israel. And God did great things. So let's go back to this. Come to me with all your weaknesses, physical, emotional, and spiritual. If you got a weakness, come to him. Rest in the comfort of my presence. That's been such a theme in this study. Remembering nothing is impossible with me. Jesus is omnipotent. As a part of the Godhead. If you think that he can't solve your problems, or he can't solve the nation's problems, or he can't solve the world's problems, guess what? He can. It may not be the way you think it ought to go, but you know what? That's okay. He kind of has a better perspective on things than we do. Remember, nothing is impossible with me. Pry your mind away from your problems so you can focus your attention on me. How many of you, in order to get away from the thoughts of your problems, you need a crowbar? Because they are stuck to you and you are stuck on them. Sometimes we're so stuck, it's not because there's super glue holding it, but we're stuck because we got a grip on it. For some reason, we We have a grip on the problems. And he's saying, put your attention, put your focus back on me. He's saying that over and over. Recall that I am able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine. That's a big word, immeasurably. It's so big, it can't be measured. And what's so big? what he can do in surpassing all you ask and all you imagine. Wow. When anxiety attempts to wield its way into your thoughts, remind yourself that I am your shepherd. God is our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. He is our good shepherd. And the shepherd defends the flock from what? From the wolves from the badgers, from the hawks, from the eagles, from whatever is after you. He is your shepherd. And don't let the anxiety wedge between you and your shepherd. The bottom line is that I'm taking care of you. Therefore, you needn't be afraid of anything. God promises to take care of us, to guide us along his path. That doesn't mean it's easy sailing. It doesn't mean there aren't challenges. It doesn't mean there aren't struggles. It doesn't mean there aren't cliffs to scale. But when we are inside his will, when we are in his will and following his will and he's leading us there, he's leading us there because he's already made a way. He's already made a way. Rather than trying to maintain control over your life, abandon yourself to my will. So this this kind of goes back to, we'll plan out all the different things we want to do and we ask God to bless it. What God wants us to do is dive into his plans, his desires, his purpose, his mission with you. Dive into it. Abandon your plans because his are immeasurably better. Though this may feel frightening, even dangerous, the safest place to be is in my will. Yeah, that last part just kind of jumps out at you, doesn't it? The safest place to be is in my will. All right, let's take a look at our scripture lessons. The first is from the first chapter of Luke, verse 37, very short. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. That needs to be on a t-shirt. That's short enough to be on a bumper sticker. That's a good phrase, for nothing will be impossible with God. Ephesians chapter three, Paul's letter to the Christians in Ephesus. We're looking at verses 20 and 21, and this is how he's he's wrapping up uh, this particular section of his letter. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, then all we, that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Yeah, there's an abundance of his will. There's an abundance of good things. There's an abundance of of his peace that comes with his presence. Finally, the 23rd Psalm, the first four verses. I love the 23rd Psalm. There's not a lot to it. There's not a lot to it. There's six verses, that's it. But boy, what's in those verses. they comfort me you know something from the very first line first verse i i think i always took it the wrong way the lord is my shepherd i shall not want it was like i i don't want this shepherd but actually it ties in with the idea of wanting it's it's a translation that that we're familiar with but it We don't use the phrase that much anymore. When it says, I shall not want, it's not meaning I don't want Jesus. I don't want this shepherd. It's, I'm not going to be in need. There aren't any things that I'm going to want because he provides everything I need. And I have no wants. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want anything. Because he makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I do not fear any evil. I will fear no evil. Because you, God, you, my shepherd, are with me. Your rod and your staff. They comfort me because that's how you guide me as a sheep, as your sheep, as a member of your flock. You are my shepherd. Good stuff here, folks. Good stuff. That's it for today. I hope you have a fantastic one, and we will catch you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.